Thank you for that song and testimony, and that is so fitting this morning. As we've been uh, preaching through the book of Revelation, I've had several, several people share with me, uh, Pastor, this is so scary uh, just to see the events and how, how the pieces are fitting together, but how can I fear if Jesus is near? And, and I don't believe this is uh, fearful. In fact, the book of Revelation was given and penned to be an encouragement in difficult times. And uh, when John wrote the book of Revelation, uh, Christians were severely persecuted. John was on the Isle of Patmos for preaching the gospel, had been exiled there. And the book of Revelation was given to be an encouragement. And if you know Christ, how can I fear if Jesus is near? Uh, really ought to be exciting as we're seeing all of these pieces just kind of uh, fit together and all the things that are, that are taking place here in the, in the book of Revelation. If you find your place and you're able to stand with me, uh, maybe we stand together. Let's read the first part of this chapter. We're in Revelation chapter 13. Revelation chapter 13. This morning we're going to be dealing with a coming world dictator. Now, we call him the Antichrist, but uh, the Bible gives uh, a lot of information uh, concerning this dictator. He will be a world ruler. Uh, that will rise, I think, in the very near future. In fact, I believe he's alive and well right now. And uh, I think every generation has had a man that could be the Antichrist because uh, Satan doesn't know when Jesus is coming back again. And I think he's got an Antichrist in each generation prepared to rise uh, to that task. Uh, Revelation chapter 13, verse number 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the, names of, or the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, his feet were as the feet of a bear, his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast." And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months, or three and a half years. And so we're speaking here, this is the middle of the tribulation, uh, when this is given. And uh, he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. And I want to stop at, at that point right there. And uh, we're going to pray here together. Would you pray and would you ask the Lord today in this service uh, to have His way? And I want to challenge you here this morning. If you're here and you're not certain that if you die, you're going to heaven. If you do not know for sure that you have been born again, I want to challenge you here this morning to get that settled in your heart once and for all. Uh, salvation is a gift. It is free. You cannot work for it, you can't earn it, you can't deserve it. The Spirit of God calls and draws uh, to that gift, and I want to challenge you today uh, to submit to God's Spirit as He knocks and speaks. If you're here this morning and you are saved, what we're dealing with today ought to excite you to no end. 
And really, uh, what we're dealing with today ought to cause you to be fired up uh, to serve Jesus with all of your heart. We don't have long left, and I think you'll see uh, that as the pieces fit together. Join me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you this morning for your presence already in this place. I thank you that you're near. I thank you that we have nothing to fear. I thank you, Lord, that uh, in knowing you as Lord and Savior, uh, we know and we're on the winning side. Lord, I pray here this morning as we preach, as we go through this important section of Scripture, that you would be our teacher, Lord, that you would guide into truth, that you would do a, an eternal work in this place. We need your spirit. We need your power. Uh, we want to shrink back and, and die to ourselves, that you might live through us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated this morning. And as we have mentioned, we are going to deal this morning uh, with the coming world dictator. Now, the Bible speaks of this dictator. He is a man. Uh, he's going to be a type of Nero, back of the Roman rule, a, a type of Hitler, a type of Alexander the Great who tried to conquer the world, a type of Antiochus Epiphanes who offered in the Jewish temple a pig and blasphemed the name of God. And that's going to be the Antichrist to the nth degree as we put together all of these previous world leaders. As the Bible speaks of this man in verse number 7 of Revelation 13, we read that power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And verse number 2 tells us he has great authority. Now as we look through the Bible, there is really quite a lot that is said of this coming world dictator. In Revelation chapter 13, he's called a beast. And I think as we study the scripture, you're going to understand why the Bible refers to him as a beast. Uh, likewise, Revel or Daniel chapter 7 and verse number 11, he's called a beast. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, he's known as the man of sin and also the son of perdition. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 8, he's called that wicked. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, Antichrist. Daniel chapter 7, verse 8, he's known as the little horn. In Matthew 24, verse number 15, he is the one that will work the abomination of desolation. In Daniel chapter 9, verse number 26, he's called the prince that shall come. And in Daniel chapter 8, verse number 23, he's known as a king of fierce countenance. Now, I want you to back up with me so we get the context to Revelation chapter 12 for just a moment. We preached through this chapter two weeks ago. And Revelation chapter 12 speaks about war in heaven. And I want to, to pick up here, Revelation 12, verse number 7. And the Bible reads, There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, that's Satan, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great, great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them 
before our God day and night. Now this is a time, I believe, in the midst of the tribulation, Satan will be cast to this earth. Uh, he is the prince of the power of the air, and when he is cast to this earth, he will take great vengeance upon the inhabitants of this earth. Look in chapter 12 and verse number 12. Uh, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman. And we preached through this. This would represent the nation of Israel, which brought forth the man-child. Now this war between God and Satan has been raging since Satan's rebellion against God. Isaiah 14 tells us that Satan uh, tried to lift himself up and to be his God. And uh, we read of the pride of Satan, of his rebellion in Isaiah 14 and in Ezekiel chapter number 28. Uh, when Satan rebelled against God, he took one third of the angelic realm with him in that rebellion. And then we pick up in Genesis chapter 3 where he deceived Eve and he led man to rebel against God. And we know that from that point in time with man's sin, that man gave dominion and power over to Satan. And from that point in history, this world groans under the burden of sin. And all of the sin, all of the wars, the murders, the thievery, the rapes, the perversions, the addictions, the hatred and the death, all of that has been a result of that rebellion against God. But God's bringing it all to an end, to a conclusion. When Satan is cast to this earth, I believe during the midst of the tribulation, I believe he's going to enter Antichrist, and there will be an unholy trinity, an effort to duplicate God. Satan will be a type of God the Father. Uh, we will find this Antichrist a type of God the Son, and in the end of Revelation chapter 13, the story is told of the false prophet who will be a type of the Holy Spirit that will point in the direction of the worship of the beast. Now, during this time, Satan is going to make one last effort to overthrow God. Of course, it's an impossibility. But one last effort to receive the worship of this world and to rule the world. Now, I think it's pretty obvious that our world is now being prepared for this coming Antichrist. And there is a spirit of Antichrist at work in our world in a way that this world has never seen before in history. In 1 John chapter 2, verse number 18, little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come even now, are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time? In 1 John 4, verse 3, Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, where you have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in this world. Now that spirit of Antichrist very strong at work in our world right now, and this world today is being prepared for this coming dictator, this last effort, Satan to rule the world through this world dictator. Now let me give you just a couple of things. This is all free and then we'll get into the message here tonight. But uh, We're witnessing some uh, amazing technological advances in our world today. Uh, not long ago it was hard to comprehend 
how all of the world would know of this one man and how all of the world would worship him. I read just yesterday an amazing statistic. Do you realize that 83.72% of the world's population now own and possess a smartphone? I thought that was amazing. 83.72%. Years ago, uh, 2001, we made our first trip to Haiti. In that trip to Haiti, we went to regions of Haiti where uh, they had never seen an American. We hiked back in the mountains. Uh, In four trips later, I noticed that with each successive trip that things had changed. The one thing I could point to, uh, by 2012, almost all of the children and adults possessed a a cell phone. And it was amazing to watch as children and as adults, they would walk around their, their mind. The whole mindset of Haiti changed from 2001 to 2012. Now that literally is happening all over the world in remote tribes of the Amazon with the ability of satellite today. uh, There are multitudes, they can communicate with the rest of the world. And there are now YouTubers today that have influences of millions of followers. And they are in remote parts of the world. Amazing what is happening in our world today. Do you realize that Antichrist is going to have all the world subscribing to his channel? And he will be able to speak a word, and the moment he speaks that word, all of the world will be able to listen to Antichrist. And for the followers of the world, you better like him, though you're going to find to disown him or to reject him is going to be a certain death. Revelation chapter 13, the latter part of the chapter speaks of the mark of the beast. I want you to look at verse 16. I just want to throw you some technological advances In verse number 16, Revelation 13, He causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark, notice this, in their right hand or in their foreheads. Now years ago, the thought was that would be some kind of a tattoo that would be placed upon the hand or the forehead. But now there is the technology with just a little grain of rice, a digital implant in a person, uh, in, as the Bible says, and literally makes an individual almost as a smartphone and uh, will really take away the free will of man and bring man under the control of this Antichrist and that technology is now available to do such a thing. So we have the technological advances. Uh, We have economic struggles today. There is a global agenda in our world today. You're wondering uh, why the tremendous inflation, we've never seen it to this level. Uh, You can go to the store, many items, 40%. We were talking with Naomi in Cambodia. Uh, Cost them about 40% more to buy their groceries. You'll see that all across. It's not just the United States. This is a worldwide agenda. Uh, Many of you maybe have heard of the Trilateral Commission years ago, or you've heard of the Illuminati, and a lot of that was called conspiracy theories back then. But amazingly today, the global agenda is to control the food, the energy, and the banking systems, because if you can control those three things, you can literally control the world. And so with the food supplies, if you're listening, there are warnings of coming food shortages. Uh, There have been many food processing plants across the United States that have been burned. 
over the past months. Uh, there is the warning of energy and gas prices and oil reserves. And amazingly, we, the United States, just sent where, where prices, gas prices are sky high. Uh, but we've just sent a lot of our oil reserves to China, of all things. What's happening? There is an agenda to move us to a world government, the banking system. Uh, we are collapsing uh, the national economies across the world today, the currencies. If you can collapse the national currencies, you can move the world to a one-world currency. Now, why is that so important? Look back at Revelation chapter 13 and verse 16. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, that no man might buy or sell, save he that hath the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man. His number is six hundred, three score, and six. And so we're moving in this direction of a world economy. Uh, we also have political alliances today. Uh, the European Union has become very strong. I believe, by the way, it's this European Union uh, that will bring and usher into the world this coming Antichrist. Uh, there is Russia, Syria, Iran, Iraq now aligning together against Israel. Uh, we have the movement of China. We have all of these events in the political world and much talk today about a new world order. How many of you heard that statement, a new world order? Now understand God established the nations. God established national boundaries. God established nationalism. Uh, Satan is moving to destroy the nationalism of the world and move toward another Nimrod, another Babylon, to literally rule the world. Now, a lot of what we have experienced in the last two and a half years, and uh, it has been unreal, the changes and the control of government over the last uh, two and a half years. And uh, this is not just in the United States. This has been a worldwide movement, and it's the first time in the history of our world that all of the nations have had the same response to the pandemic. Doesn't matter where you go in the world, it was the response, it was the same. It was directed by the World Health Organization. And so we're having today this worldwide response, this effort to warp a world government. In addition, we have religious confusion today as never before. Humanism, a humanistic manifesto. Many of our world leaders are under this humanistic manifesto, this anti-God spirit now permeating literally throughout our school systems, our society, even our churches today. And here is the burden of my heart, and this is why I preach this this morning. So many Christians, professing Christians, are blinded to the spirit of Antichrist that's now at work in our world, and we're on the verge of a great deception, and there are many Christians, so-called Christians, don't even realize that we're at war today. And they don't even realize what's happening. That spirit of Antichrist is moving so very strongly in our world today, and there's one protection against that spirit of Antichrist. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and an adherence to the truth of God's Word. Now let's delve into the, the Word of God. That was all free this morning. I want to delve into the Word of God. Let's look at what the Bible says as we look at this coming world dictator. Uh, we have, first of all, the rise 
of a world dictator. Look in Revelation 13 and verse number 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns, upon his horns, ten crowns, upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. If you go back to Revelation 6, verse number 2, we were first introduced to this world leader at the beginning of the tribulation. Revelation 6, verse 2, And I saw, and behold, a white horse. Now this is not the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the deceiver. A white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And this speaks of that coming Antichrist, and he will rise into prominence after the rapture of the church, and then really uh, becomes this, this beast in the midst of the tribulation. Uh, in prophetic scripture, here as we're looking at Revelation chapter 13, the sea usually represents Gentiles. And when John wrote the book of Revelation, he was exiled on the Isle of Patmos, which was in the midst of the Mediterranean Sea. I believe as we compare Daniel chapter 9, we compare Daniel chapter 7, we compare Daniel chapter 11, uh, we uh, think that Antichrist is going to have a Gentile background. He's going to rise from the European Union and that Mediterranean region. Daniel chapter 9 indicates that he's going to be from a revived Roman Empire. He's going to be a leader of this revived confederacy, this European nations. Uh, and uh, the Bible describes here ten horns. Uh, those are kingdoms. Daniel chapter 2 described it as ten toes. And he's going to rise to power uh, from amongst the leaders of the world. And uh, very likely that he is a leader in our world today. I don't believe we're going to know who Antichrist is until after the rapture. I think it's going to be at that point he will be revealed. Uh, Daniel chapter 9 indicates that Antichrist will bring about a treaty uh, between Israel and between the nations of the world and especially the Arab nations. Can you imagine right now if a man were able to bring peace to Israel and peace to that region and allow for the rebuilt Jewish temple in Jerusalem? Uh, that man would literally become a hero in the eyes of the world. Now look in verse number 2, Daniel, uh, excuse me, Revelation 13. Uh, we read here, And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power, his seat, and his great authority. Antichrist is going to be a conglomeration, we might say, of the previous world powers. Uh, you can read, read about these details, Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 7. Here as we speak of the lion, it would represent Nebuchadnezzar uh, with great power. Uh, the bear, the media, Persia empire, government structure, the leopard, Greece, Alexander the Great had a desire to conquer the world. And then there was Rome and uh, there was Nero with tremendous military might. And uh, Antichrist will combine all of these previous world leaders into a world government and a world rule an effort of Satan to rule and worship, receive worship. Now look with me, Revelation 13, verse 2. And let's talk about not only the rise of this world dictator, but the rule of this dictator. The latter part of verse 2 says, The dragon gave him his power, his seat, and great authority. That's Satan. His rule, his power, will surpass any leader the world has ever known. 
Satan himself will empower him. Antichrist will gain worldwide prominence. Uh, world leaders will surrender their authority to him. I want you to go to Revelation chapter 17 and verse number 12. Revelation chapter 17, verse number 12. It reads, The ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. This is the Antichrist. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. And so these world leaders are going to yield allegiance to Antichrist. He will gain worldwide prominence. Uh, this man is going to be hungry for power, ruthless in his conquest. He's Antichrist. He's a false Christ. He's a false Messiah. He's going to offer the world peace and safety. Only Jesus can give that. But he's going to lead the world to destruction, to misery to death, to damnation. Uh, Satan is going to use this man to bring about, as we mentioned earlier, a false trinity. In verse number 2, Satan gives him his power, portraying God the Father. Interesting, look in verse number 3. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wandered after the beast. Now, a false resurrection, portraying God the Son. In verse number 11, we speak of a false prophet portraying God the Holy Spirit. And I saw and beheld another beast, in verse 11, coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb. He's going to be a religious leader. He spake as a dragon. He exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, causeth the earth and them which dwell upon the earth to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. Verse number 13, he doeth great wonders, maketh fire to come down from heaven on the earth with the sight of men. He deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. Now here's a false prophet, and uh, I believe Antichrist is going to rise from the Gentile world, very likely that this, anti, or this false prophet is going to rise from the Jewish world, a religious leader pointing to the Antichrist, turning attention to Antichrist. Now, we have the rule of this world dictator. I want you to notice in verse 1, the rebellion of this world dictator. We read upon his heads the latter part of verse number 1, Revelation 13, the name of blasphemy. In verse 5, And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and then the dwell in heaven. He will defy all that is holy and godly. When the Bible speaks of blasphemy, it's speaking of sacrilegious, against God, profanity. He's going to be directly under the influence and control of Satan, even indwelt by Satan himself. And when Satan is cast down to heaven, back in Revelation chapter 12, he's going to pour his fury upon this earth using Antichrist in doing so. 
Now keep your place, Revelation 13. I want to pick up on a, a section of Scripture, 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, a chapter that deals with this coming world dictator. In verse number 8, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it reads, Then shall that wicked, this is that Antichrist, this is after the rapture, if you look at the context. Then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. That's in Revelation 19. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders. Now, Antichrist, according to Daniel chapter 7, verse number 8, will have a mouth speaking great things. In Daniel 7, verse 25, he shall speak great words against the Most High and think to change times and laws. Now, literally, the Bible describes this man in rebellion against God, fulfilling the desires of Satan, literally a God-hater. Now, his blasphemy against God is going to turn against those that know Jesus Christ. In Daniel chapter 7, verse 25, uh, he speaks, and he shall wear out the saints of the Most High. Look back in Revelation 13. Revelation 13, beginning at verse 7. Uh, speaking of this Antichrist, it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Uh, he will literally wear out the saints of the Most High. Go back to chapter 12 of Revelation. In verse number 13, we read a moment ago. And when the dragon saw that he was cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Look in Revelation 12, verse 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, here uh, we read of this great persecution against those that are saved during the tribulation. Now, millions, if you look at history, have been martyred for their faith. But it's nothing compared to the hatred against the saints in the tribulation. I read just recently of the Taliban in Afghanistan. And now Afghanistan is known as the most persecuted country in the world, just surpassing North Korea. Uh, multitudes of Christians being slain. Uh, Christianity in Afghanistan now is, is a certain death sentence. And that's the way it will be in the tribulation. See, here is a man that's going to rise to the scene. He's preaching tolerance. He's preaching that we need to accept everybody for who they are. We accept sin. We accept anything. But he's going to be the most intolerant leader the world has ever known. You'll find often those that speak of tolerance today are very intolerant. And that's the way of the Antichrist. That is the persecution, the rebellion of this man. Now, I want to get to the most important part here today. And I hope if you've listened to nothing else, you're going to listen to me these next few minutes. Because I'm going to give to you some things 
that are so crucial. As you read about this Antichrist, this world dictator, you read of the religious deception. This man will demand the worship of the world. In Revelation 13 verse 4, it speaks of the world. They worshipped the dragon, that's Satan, which gave power to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war with him? Verse 8, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Chapter 13, verse number 12, And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, causeth the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. See, during the middle of the tribulation, Antichrist is going to break the covenant established with Israel. He's going to enter into the rebuilt Jewish temple. I mentioned recently that there are efforts underway to rebuild all that's involved in the temple. You live in exciting days. Antichrist will enter into this rebuilt Jewish temple. He will proclaim himself to be God. And he will demand to be worshipped as God. The Bible calls this the abomination of desolation. Uh, during this time, according to Matthew 24, there's a warning that is given to the Jews during the tribulation. When this Antichrist enters that temple proclaiming himself to be God, the Jews are warned that they are to flee Jerusalem to the place that God has prepared for them in the wilderness. And the remnant then will be awakened and recognize that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, and that they miss the Messiah, and they will turn in saving faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Antichrist, as he rises to the scene, as we think about this, an amazing thought. How does this man deceive the world? The Bible calls it strong delusion. Go with me to 2 Thessalonians for just a moment. In 2 Thessalonians, chapter number 2, verse number 9, it describes this delusion. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they Receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now as we read about this Antichrist, how does he deceive the world? How will the world literally worship and follow this madman? How can this happen? Well, he will be deceptive with his mouth. He will speak great words. He will speak smooth words. He will give to the world empty promises. He'll have a mesmerizing message of peace. He's going to have great negotiating skills to be able to uh, be, uh, have a peace treaty with Israel and the Arab nations to allow for the rebuilding of the temple. But he will also deceive the world with his miracles. Listen, Satan has great power. And Satan will give to this man great power. And you can mark it down. A miracle does not mean that it comes from God. 
There have been many deceptive miracles through the ages and multitudes of people have followed lies because of some so-called miracle. I could take you to Haiti and I could show you some of the power of voodooism, satanic worship in Haiti. And this Antichrist will have satanic power and great abilities, literally calling fire from heaven, and he will deceive the world. Now sadly, most of the world is going to follow this Antichrist to their destruction. and They won't realize until it's too late. Now, can I tell you what I am observing, and I'm burdened. Our world is ripe right now for deception. Even amongst so-called Christianity. There are many who have grown up in churches, but they've never received Jesus Christ. They've rejected the love of the truth. They've heard the words, but it's never gone to the heart. They're 18 inches away from heaven. There's never been a born-again relationship with Jesus Christ. There's a head knowledge of the things of God, but not a relationship with Jesus. Can I say there's a big difference in a relationship and head knowledge. And a world that has a head knowledge of the things of God, but not a relationship with Jesus Christ, is going to be ripe for this deception. See, much of Christianity today has no concept of true doctrine. Listen, it does matter where you go to church. It does matter what you hear. Doctrine is very important. Doctrine can make the difference between heaven and hell. And what you crucial and we're living in a day you better know what you believe and you better be able to go to the word of God and you better be able to say from the word of God thus saith the Lord this is what I believe this is why I believe it how can you protect yourself against this coming deception now the Bible says take heed lest you fall it's going to be a strong delusion there are going to be preachers that are going to heed to this delusion there are going to be church members that will heed to this delusion, strong delusion. How do you protect yourself from this delusion? Except for the grace of God, there go I. Every one of us are weak in our flesh. How can you protect yourself? Well, number one, there better be genuine salvation. A true relationship with Jesus. Go with me to 1 John for just a moment. I'm going to wrap things up here. In 1 John chapter 2, I want you to see this. Look in verse number 18, 1 John 2, verse 18. We read, little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now... Are there many antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time? But notice something. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. What is he speaking about? There's an antichrist. There's a spirit of delusion, a spirit of deception. And there were some that had been apart, but they went out. Why did they go out? Because they had never been saved had no relationship with Jesus Christ. So clear, verse 20, but ye have an unction that speaks of the Holy Spirit of God from the Holy One, and you know all things. 
We need a genuine salvation relationship with Jesus Christ. Not a false conversion. Not a conversion based upon emotions. Not a conversion based upon some prayer you prayed. But a conversion that anchors in the Word of God. A conversion that knows, thus saith the Lord. A conversion that realizes, I'm a sinner. And apart from Jesus Christ, there is no hope. It's not my religion or my baptism or my goodness that's going to get me to heaven. But it's Jesus who paid it all. He paid the debt. He paid that debt in full. I've received that gift. I've come to Him in repentance and faith. And I know Jesus is my Savior, anchored upon the Word of God. A genuine conversion. And then there must be a genuine commitment to the Word of God, to truth. Let me show you something. 1 John chapter 2, verse number 21. He says, I have not written unto you because you know not the truth. In context here, that Antichrist spirit. But you know the truth. You know it. No lie is of the truth. Who's a liar is the denial of the deity of Christ, that Jesus is the Christ, he is Antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, who shall continue in the Son and in the Father, and thus is the promise that he hath promised us even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you, that is, deception, lies, but the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. Ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things is truth, and is no lie, even as it had taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. He's speaking of truth. The vaccine against the Antichrist is the truth of God's word. And the Bible says in Psalm 119, 165, Great peace have they which love thy law, nothing shall offend them. Now this generation is being bombarded as never before with Satan's lies, with false religion, false conversion, false churches, uh, social media, television, movies, TikTok, uh, news media, on and on. The power of the air. Satan is the spirit and the power of the air. Uh, but with lies and deceptions, he is deceiving this generation. And so everything must be anchored in the Word of God, God's truth. And then, not only a genuine conversion, a genuine commitment to the truth of God's Word, but a genuine surrender to Jesus Christ. You see, Satan's time is short. He knows that he has not long left. And oh, how the Lord today is looking for preachers teachers, workers to share the truth. Many Christians have been neutralized, destroyed. If Satan can't keep you from being saved, he's going to keep you from telling others about how to be saved. He's going to seek to neutralize you. You see, we're at war. It's a war, brothers and sisters. You're in the midst of a war. It's a battle. It's a real war today. There's a war taking place, and a lot of Christians have no concept that you are at war today, and if you don't know that you're at war, you're on the verge of being destroyed. You're at a war. You're in a battle. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, Paul said to Timothy. 
There's the rise of a world dictator, the rule of that world dictator, the rebellion of that dictator, and the religious deception of that dictator. A relationship with Jesus Christ, the truth of God's word, and a total surrender to Jesus Christ will protect you in the future. Let's bow our heads.